Dear God, I've got so much to say, with so little words to describe what's in my heart. I've been isolated, stressed, constantly worked up, and it's at times over the simplest of things. My mind goes off to random places that's a threat to my very being, which then starts all my questioning and doubting that begins by wondering, wondering how all things came to be and how despite everything that is happening that God could still be in control through every little detail. I've got this word that's been pressing on my heart. That's been weighing down my soul. I feel so alone. I feel like I've been defeated. And there's nothing that can take this pain away. Why, God? Oh, Lord, you promised to never leave me, to never forsake me. Yet where's your presence in the midst of my pain? The core agony that has me in deep anguish is a menace, which just jeopardizes my spiritual walk. At the center of this walk is learning to abide in Christ Jesus. There is a strength that cannot be processed or created by one's own will. This strength is crafted and formed by the creator who founded and designed the predestined destiny of each foreseen eternal soul. This very same creator of all things now thinks thoughts about me that outnumber the grains of sand. But my heart is in bits and pieces because my heart is now crushed, seemingly trampled upon. Devastated to the breaking point because it was my own viewpoint that wounded myself. It's now been shattered by the truth of the gospel. Am I such a failure that I just begin to put all kinds of pressure on myself? Am I overthinking and stressing over absolutely nothing? Why, God? Why all of this pain? Why all of the heartache? Why all of the suffering? Can't you stop it all? So why don't you stop it? God, you make no sense. Here I am sitting in a church service, church service, waiting for people to invite me to come up to the altar. I'm waiting and waiting so that I can come up to the altar to fall onto my knees so I can pray and pour out my heart to you. Crying out for deliverance, I feel a sense of relief. I cry and I cry and I feel like God has lifted this burden from my heart. But then that very same day, I begin to feel that burden get stronger and heavier. I'm praising and I'm singing. I feel bitter and depressed, filled with anger and rage. How of the hell is any of this fair? Why do you refuse to rescue me? Why do you constantly neglect and avoid me if you claim to love so dearly? Why do I have to feel so alone? Where are you if you're real? Whatever happens, I will never leave nor forsake you. You've forsaken me a long, long, long time ago. At least that's how it feels. What if everything I believed to be true was in fact a distorted view? Picking and choosing different sayings, verses, and cliches to fit my own interpretation of who God is. When in all reality, I get let down because of what I was expecting God to do. He didn't do it because that's not who he is. I get mad, disappointed, and I begin to doubt God. My own skepticism was my own stumbling block. I would believe that God was faltering in what he promised when in all reality he didn't promise these things. I promised myself them. I ended up waiting and waiting for absolutely nothing to show for it. I waited for God to meet my own standards and expectations that don't align with his word. I procrastinate waiting for God to come rescue me, to deliver me. And when he doesn't show up, I get mad at God because he didn't work through me and I didn't feel his presence. While it is not us who is waiting for God, it is God who is waiting for us to shut up for a moment so we can listen to his voice, heed his word and his truth. God desperately wants us to choose to love him, to simply trust and obey him. But he gives us the free will to choose between good and evil, between God and the devil. God, 
is urgently speaking. The altar won't save you. The church won't save you. And people will not save you. Only I can save you. I love you so dearly that I put my own son through torment. I tortured my son by sending him down to you so you would just decide to neglect him, to rob him, to mock him, to isolate him, to ridicule him, to afflict him with unimaginable excruciating pain, gashing his back, shredding it to the point where he couldn't even be recognized as a human being. Nailing him to a cross, totally exposed, humiliated, ashamed, filled with grief and sorrow. I had to forsake my own son because he took on the weight of the world's sin upon him. Listen to me. My son did not die so that you may live a sin-filled life. My son did not die so you may live as a lukewarm believer. My son did not die so that you may get as close to sin as you could possibly get without getting caught. My son did not die for your own interpretation of who I am. My son did not die so that you could be dead in your sins. My son died for your sins so that you could be forgiven. My son died so that you could have life, so that you could have a relationship with me, so that you could focus and abide in me every day. My son rose from the grave so that you may live with me forever, for all eternity. Listen, I love you. I designed you. I formed you. I will bless you and I will heal you because I will defend you. I will restore you and I will renew you. I forgive you. I will strengthen you and I will keep you because you are worth it all to me.